BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! And even... Checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Okay, Sharp Money presented by DraftKings. Amal Shaw, Dustin Sweetelson. I'm Patrick Maher. After the 31 17 loss to the Bills yesterday, the speculation started what would happen with Mike Tomlin. Of course, he's going to have his say whether he walks away from the Steelers. Well, we can report now in a team meeting today, Mike Tomlin told the Steelers players that he will return for the 2024 season. So Mike Tomlin back next year with the Steelers being credibly reported. Nobody better to talk about that and more as far as the postseason than Emery Hunt does a great job. CBS Sports HQ NFL analyst. You can find Emery on Twitter at FBall Game Plan. Hi Emery. Nice to see you again. And Mike Tomlin is back. Like I said, it was going to be his decision. He's amazing. So a little surprised that he is returning or not at all. Not at all. He has one year left on his deal. And, you know, I just at some point, these Steeler fans that that section of the, the fan base that wants him gone will get their wish. And they're going to be crying for Mike Tomlin to come back because <laughs> they never talk about how he takes what he has and is able to will that team into the postseason. No one's supposed to make the postseason with that quarterback room. But Mike Tomlin finds a way to rally those troops, gets a winning season, no less, but also gets those guys in the playoffs. Let's go across the Keystone State. A lot of speculation on Nick Sirianni. Give me your perspective on the Eagles' effort last night and then what you would do if you're Howie Roseman in the front office. Defensively, they got to find something out and figure something out or find something better to do on that side of the ball because that was the Achilles heel all season long. Uh, they couldn't tackle, um, taking bad angles. At, a lot of times in a lot of games, those linebackers look lost. Uh, so you're out there playing 9 on 11. Essentially, your defensive backs were, were shredded thin with injuries, and now you got to re restock that part, portion of your uh, team. But, man, I've never seen a, an Eagles defense just look that way, no matter who's the coach or what scheme they're playing in. That was just uninspiring effort defensively uh, for Philadelphia. Emery, he might be hurt, so I'll qualify it that way. But give me your assessment this year of Jalen Hurts. In what way? Did you think, well, last year was a spectacular performance. This year, he did not play well. Well, here's the thing. I, 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 this is the part I don't like. You know, um, you know, certain quarterbacks get this smoke about them, right? Um, we never talk about Justin Herbert and how he has fired, fired so many coaches um, and has not had success despite having all these weapons. Yes, Jalen Hurts had a down year. But I feel like people will look at that in terms of, well, just how you see with Dak Prescott, right? They're waiting for him to not be excellent or perfect so they can knock him. Same with Jalen Hurts, guys. You saw it earlier in the year. You know, he was playing well, then he got injured, and next thing you know, his play kind of suffered, right? But he was still out there every game, gutting it out, leading his team, and we watched that game last night, and we realized, hey, Jalen Hurts wasn't the problem. They couldn't stop anybody. Uh, they couldn't protect up front. 
Um, and he was out there playing with just Devonta Smith, to be honest. Like, he was the only one that was out there just going, you know, all out catching passes. But I just feel like, you know, everyone is looking to – and you see it within Philly media. You know, they're looking to say, hey, see, okay, yeah, this is a guy that's not good. We need to find – need to draft J.J. McBasic or, you know, J.J. McPurdy out of out of Michigan. I, I just find – the same people that also don't like Mike Tomlin, who probably also are um, – you know, thinking that Lamar Jackson is, is a one-hit wonder as well, too. So I am not surprised. Um, it's par for the course. It's right on schedule. And we're going to continue to see that moving forward uh, the rest of the way. There was all about Jordan Love, too. Um, but then we'll see that go on uh, as well. So I, I'm not surprised. It's par for the course. I expect that to happen. And I know it's going to continue to happen um, because some of those fans out there uh, and in media just still refuse to see things um, from a football perspective. Are you assuming my question is coming from a racial perspective? I'm just saying guys like Jalen Hurts, uh, who has proven to be like this man just got to the Super Bowl. And so now we're asking whether or not in a roundabout way, what's wrong with Jalen Hurts? You see it with Tua as well, too. Like we know Tua can play ball. Now, granted, to this whatever degree, that's you know, that's neither here nor there, or that's up for debate. But we know Tua can play ball. And we know Tua is not the problem with the Miami Dolphins. Um, but those questions will get answered. And that's going to be the problem for a lot of these quarterbacks moving forward when they have a bad game. We see it each and every week. You you mentioned Jordan Love. They take on the 49ers this week, and he had a great performance. And from a quarterback rating standpoint, he's been the best in the NFL for the last six to seven weeks. How much of a chance do you give the Packers, who are nine-and-a-half-point underdogs, going on the road into Santa Clara, having played arguably as good of a first half as anyone has played all year on the road, and now have to take their team again to another road site? It's tough because offensively, you, you say they have a puncher's chance. But, man, San Francisco is not worried about your offense. Um, it's about can you stop them? And until I see that consistently from Green Bay, I have a hard time seeing them consistently stop San Francisco offensively for a full four quarters. And that's and I'm not talking about schematics. I'm talking about can you tackle San Francisco? You know, because you have Debo Samuel, you have George Kittle, you have Christian McCaffrey. Can you tackle these guys? And once you're figuring out, okay, we can tackle these guys, can you get in the right spot schematically to stop them, to slow them down? So that's the other part of it. And, yes, this is a young team, and I know people will say uh, you don't know what you don't know, which could be a, a benefit for a young team. But, man, you know, that, that's a hard pill to, to swallow when you're talking about what we saw San Francisco do Philadelphia, what we saw San Francisco do to Dallas, and what we've seen San Francisco do virtually to anybody outside of the Browns and other teams that have really good defenses all season long. So it's going to be a tough battle for them. But to their credit, they have – inexperiencing youth on their side um, that could give them a, a little bit of a, a, a shot in that first quarter, but they're going to have to maintain that for 60 minutes. Emery Hunt, CBS Sports. We've got the early game on Saturday. Offensive Rookie of the Year is going to be Stroud. MVP, as you mentioned, Lamar Jackson, absolutely going to win the MVP this year. Talk about the matchup. Baltimore's a big favorite here. They're a nine-point favorite, Emery, but the matchup between Houston and Baltimore, what do you see? It's the running theme we've seen across the playoffs is rematches, right? We've seen a lot of teams play, you know, these these rematch games. So it's about, you know, what can you learn? What adjustments can you make? And that's going to be the biggest question for Baltimore, more so in my opinion. Because if you notice, the last couple of weeks, the last couple of games the Ravens have played, teams have been able to find the run game against them. If San Francisco sticks with the run, they keep that game close and could be in a much bigger, uh, a tighter battle in the fourth quarter. The Dolphins had probably the easiest 100-yard game um, from Devon Achan and got away from it, and then the game got out of hand. And so we've seen the Ravens give up big plays on the ground with their with their uh, with opponent's run game. So I'm saying all that to say this is a game where if you're Houston, you got to stay the course. We know you want to get out there and show your shiny new toy and C.J. Stroud in that deep passing game, but I feel like you could run on Baltimore and you can run right at those guys that's trying to get pressure on a quarterback and force those guys to run uh, defenders. Now, we know Baltimore took this team on in the first game of the season, and we'll see if uh, they can come out from essentially three weeks of rest um, and hit the ground running. So that's going to be a big, tough battle for them. Uh, this will be a lot closer than what people think. So if you're talking from a betting perspective, maybe go under that nine-point, nine-and-a-half-point spread. Uh, I feel like it'll be a tighter game. 
Um, but, man, if you're Baltimore, you better hope your run defense is coming ready to play. Emory, you mentioned the layoff for the Ravens. Also, same thing applies to the 49ers. Both teams essentially with three weeks off. How much of an impact does it have on a team, especially in the first quarter or even in the early part of the game, just kind of getting back out there used to getting the physicality of the game? It's mostly the speed, too, because you can't fake live in practice. You know, coaches will say, oh, yeah, we're going live. Well, you can't fake live action, especially you can't fake when the game is on the line. So, you know, I think that's going to be key. How And the first quarter is really crucial for those teams that have had those those weeks off. Um, especially when you're talking about timing. Because even with Baltimore, their passing game, while it has been competent and successful, and we're talking about Lamar Jackson as an MVP, their passing game is not really fluid. It, it seems like it, it goes like this. You know, they'll have their peaks where they're hitting on everything, and then they'll have their lulls where they're dropping everything or just things doesn't look cohesive. So for a team with that timing and the speed combined with the timing, for Baltimore, getting off to a great start is going to be huge. And for San Francisco, I think they have the luxury of just being able to ease themselves into the game because they have one of the best run games in the league. So they can ease themselves in that, in that aspect without having to hit the timing of the passing game right out of the gate. Emery, just two minutes. I want to sneak this game in. The last game of the weekend, Kansas City-Buffalo. I'll use the point spread to set you up. Buffalo's a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Should they be favored in this game? They should, because, uh, again, who scares you on Kansas City offensively? And that's really weird to say, because usually we're talking about Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, um, you know, insert this fast guy over here, insert this fast guy over there. But really, is right now is Travis Kelsey when he decides to catch the football, and their defense is, is really good. But right now, no one scares you, in my opinion, from a Kansas City perspective. And if you're Buffalo, you're going into this game like, hey, we get them at home. We beat them already. We have this this excellent momentum. We have a great chance to go out there and really dominate the Chiefs. So I think this is a game where Buffalo should be favored in because there's a lot of momentum going in their direction. F-Ball game plan on Twitter, CBS Sports HQ NFL analyst Emery Hunt. Thank you, Emery. Appreciate it. Appreciate you guys. Thanks for having me on. Thank you. Okay, there he goes, Emery Hunt. So as we brought Emery Hunt on the show, got his reaction, Mike Tomlin is going to return in 2024. You heard Emery discuss he's got one more year left on his contract, but it always is open for discussion when it comes to Tomlin because I don't know why. Emery gave his opinion as to why, but Steeler fans, as long as he's been there, even with all the success, and again, if you want to play the head coaching game, if Mike Tomlin were fired today, he would have been hired yesterday by another team. There's so no, there's just no to give you an idea yeah. of his pedigree, right? I mean, yeah. he would have been like he'd be. Teams would fire their current head coach to hire Mike Tomlin, just to give, just to clarify. The question is why a Steeler, you know, maybe apathy, but why a Steeler fan base has so many questions about a great coach. We'll come back and discuss next. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. 
AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry, and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So, buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So, how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud, Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less, like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, Take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com slash strategic. That's oracle.com slash strategic. oracle.com slash strategic. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Become a VEASAN Pro subscriber today and get unlimited access to our VEASAN.com slash picks page. For example, you'll get Randall's college basketball picks. People are begging for those. We'll put them in there when he joins us. For more VEASAN Pro picks, become a VEASAN Pro subscriber today. And here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you 10% off right now an annual subscription when you use the promo code SHARP. S-H-A-R-P. Okay, we got you back here. I mentioned Mike Randall. He back. This is Sharp Money, DraftKings. That's our guy, Mike Randall, of course. FTN Network Chief Content Officer, at Randall Rant on Twitter. Randall, how are we feeling today? Oh, we're feeling chilly, guys. I don't know how it's out there in Las Vegas, but the snow is here. We're all excited about the refreeze. I mean, but we're warm in the studio. We got some great college basketball today, NFL. So hopefully you guys are warmer than me, but it's a little chilly here on the East Coast. (laughs) <laughs> Randall cracks me. Last time we had Randall on them all, he was building a snowman with his son. So uh, there's a lot of action there in Jersey. Let's, let's discuss what we saw from the weekend. Uh, a cold game, obviously, in Kansas City. C.J. Stroud showing out. But let's go to what we saw last night. You know, Philly was bad. The effort wasn't there. Uh, Jalen Hurts looks injured potentially, and then the conversation comes to Sirianni. Did you have a feel for that game going in? It ended up closing two and a half with the Eagles favored. Oh, yeah, it was Tampa Bay all the way. I love the Bucks. We talked about it last week on the show. Uh, they're, they're not going to reverse a trend here. This is a well-coached Tampa Bay team. Baker Mayfield, good passing attack. The Eagles were not able to run the ball. Jalen Hurts was short on weapons. They were arguing on the sidelines. It was a nightmare, guys. You're not. You are who, as Bill Parcell says, you are what the back of the card says you are. You are what you are. You're going to get there eventually. Philly was going the wrong way. They're out. Dallas is out. We got some new blood, which is good. Uh, from the early game yesterday, Buffalo wins the football game. Your takeaway from the performance by the Bills, who are 7-1 in their last eight games, best record in the NFL during that stretch. Guys, the Bills are hot. Amal, you know that. I've been on the Bills here. Don't let them get in. Green Bay has gotten hot. The Giants have gotten hot from that last seed. Now, they're the two seed. I get that. But they just creeped in. They had to win that game. I still think that Pat Frymuth fumble may have been reversed for other reasons, guys, because that sure as heck looked like a fumble. That game would have been over. I think the Bills did exactly what they had to do to win the game. Pittsburgh was gutty. They were tough, but they weren't winning that game on the road. Buffalo is very dangerous here. And look, don't look now, but this Buffalo team could be getting all the way to Vegas. Okay, well, let's go to that game because you are going to lay the two. Now, it's been bet up to two and a half, Kansas City at Buffalo. I, I think we have to throw out what we saw on Saturday night, Mike. Kansas City stinks. Like, that performance against the Raiders on Christmas, that performance when they needed it against the Bengals with all the field goals, like, this is just a team. We have to believe what we saw with this team. Yeah, we do. And there's a big discrepancy here in Aaron Schatz's DVOA. Buffalo right now is three overall. Kansas City has dropped down to five. To me, guys, Kansas City is Philadelphia of the AFC. They have not been playing well. Their receivers can't separate. You know that the Bills are not going to let Rasheed Rice go crazy. Travis Kelsey has been very disappointing all year. And this Buffalo offense is at a different level since Joe Brady has been offensive coordinator. Stephon Diggs is getting back into the swing. All of a sudden, Dawson Knox is wide open again. 
I'm taking the Bills, laying the points here. I do it up to three and a half. I don't want to lay the hook, but I would lay it up to three here with Buffalo at home. Let's stay in the AFC. Ravens catching, excuse me, laying nine and a half against the Texans here. Houston coming off that great win against the Browns. Ravens off of the bye, Mike. Now the number's down to nine. Yeah, and I know why it's down to nine, guys, because some great guy named Dustin Sweetelson put out a tweet today talking about how number one seeds are only 10 and 10 against the spread in this round of the playoffs. Why is that? Maybe they're a little rusty here. But, guys, these two teams met in week one. When they met in week one, it was like 25 to nine. But the Texans' offensive line was completely different than it is now. This is a Texans team that's playing well. And it's a Texans defense that is number one by a landslide per uh, weighted DVOA, which gives more emphasis to recent games for run defense. So what does Baltimore want to do? They want to run the ball. They're going against the best run defense right now lately in the NFL. Stroud is playing great. Uh, Baltimore's coming off a, a bye week. Could be a little sleepy here. I love the nine points with the Texans here. Not too long ago, I remember Tennessee coming in in this same spot with Derrick Henry and blowing teams out in the divisional round. So I really like the Texans here. Be careful, Baltimore. Be very careful with this game. Can Houston win this game outright? 100%. They're my money line underdog here at FTN. They absolutely can. The defense is that good. And forget about Stroud. You want to get the stat here, Amal, about how rookies don't perform well in playoff games? He's been in playoff games each of the last few weeks of the regular season because they had to win those games. So Stroud has impressed me. They are versatile in offense. They have enough weapons. Dalton Schultz just does enough to be a pain in the rear. And the run defense is going to keep them in this game. Okay. We, nothing will ingratiate you to Dustin Sweetelson like giving his social a shout-out. So here's what we're going to do. we got to do two segments with Randall. We'll do football right now. Dustin, would you like to read the whole entire tweet, what Randall was referencing there? Yeah, I actually have a graphic to go with it as well. I did a lot of research oh, last look night. Look at you and Randall working hand in hand. Yeah, yeah, we're producing. We're producing together. He get, he gets part of my paycheck for the day. Which I figured you had. Honestly, to slip after some yesterday's money. betting, I kind of need the whole thing. Um, I did research on NFL one seeds first in the divisional round. We can get to the Super Bowl stuff later, but in the divisional round, last ten years, they're sixteen and four straight up are the one seeds, but ten and ten ATS over the last ten. And we look at the totals. This really jumped out to me. Over the last 10 years, 12 and 8 to the under, and in the last five years, 8 and 2 to the under, games involving the one seeds in the divisional round. Beautiful. Look at that. Nice teamwork, you two. Mike Randall, FTN, a regular here on Sharp Money. We love Randall. Okay, so let's talk about the Bucks. You can find a six and a half. You can find a seven if you like the Buccaneers. DraftKings is showing a seven right now at the Lions. And you do, even on shorter rest here, you're going to take the Bucks catching the seven. Yeah, I want to put the fingers up in the air, guys. Why is that? Why are you telling me that Detroit is only favored by three over the Rams, but now they're favored by six and a half or seven against the Bucks? Ask yourself this. Is Tampa Bay three and a half points worse than the Rams? I don't think so. They are dangerous. Mayfield, the receivers, Mike Evans, good run defense here, great run defense coach. I'm concerned. That Lions pass defense did not look good there. There could be some turnovers in this game. Love the Buccaneers here. I don't know why they are three points more than the Rams were in this matchup. I think the Bucs are the better overall team. You include both sides of the field. I will take the Bucs plus six. I know Detroit is hot, all of that stuff. Guys, they almost lost that game at home to the Rams. I'm taking the Bucs plus six. Hold on a second, Mike. I know it's five o'clock somewhere, but have you been drinking? Come on. No, buddy. he was doing the wind horse. He <laughs> was doing the wind horse. Remember the bit that wind horse is doing with the fingers? <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> that, was, that was legendary. Randall, all over pop culture. And by the way, don't short yourself. You can find a seven. So take the seven. I'll give you the extra half a point. Uh, finally, the 49ers and Packers, you're going to lay a heavy price here. I am because I don't trust guys, the Packers defense in this spot. I think they're going to be able to put up some points. This will be a fast Packers start, but the Niners will eventually wear them down with the pass rush, with the offense, well-rested, Ayuk, Kittle, Christian McCaffrey. You know he's going to score a touchdown. What's his anytime TD? Minus 180 this week. I mean, I, I just think that the Niners are clearly that much better than everyone else. Packers are really hot. I understand that. I think this game will be close in the first half, and it will pull away like a 31-17-like game like we saw at Buffalo and Pittsburgh. I, I like San Francisco here. They are metrically superior to every other team per all measures here at FTM. 
minus $2, guys, to get out of the NFC. Would this still be a play just based on the price? They're 425 on the money line in this game. Next game, probably somewhere around seven points potentially against Detroit, maybe similar number against the Buccaneers. I mean, is it a bad play at this stage? I don't think it is because they're not losing that next week. If you yeah. think they're losing them all, they're losing this week. I do not think they're losing at home to I Detroit agree. with that pass defense, and I don't think they're losing to Tampa Bay. So I like that play a lot. Totally agree. I think the Packers are their biggest challenge. Just like I thought the Rams were the Lions' biggest challenge as opposed to the Eagles or the Bucks, who they were going to see next, I think the Packers are the 49ers' biggest challenge. Uh, before We'll come back and talk a little college hoops with you, Randall, but let me ask you this. What do you think happens in Dallas? That was embarrassing, speaking of the Packers. McCarthy and that team wasn't prepared, just a mess. Do you think uh, Jerry Jones ends up letting go of McCarthy? Yes. Hundred percent. I don't think there's any question. Uh, he's gone 12 and four. He's been great in the regular season. That is not why you go to Jerry World. You're there to win titles, guys. What are they? I put this out on Sunday on on my ex account. Five and 13 in the playoffs since their last Super Bowl here. I was still in college then. Get out of here. I think he's gone. They're going to try to build again, use these players, and move on with a new coach with a new philosophy. I think he's absolutely gone. You're not still in college, are you? I wish I was. <laughs> what, is the, what is the Randall? What is the Randall alma mater? We've never B asked. BC. Boston oh, that's College right. Cherry Dallas. Hill or Cherry Nugget or whatever. Hey, the hell I want the cover yeah, behind win yesterday. Yeah. Heartbreak Hill guys. But yes, Boston College. I tell you, the sports were great when we were there. We were almost in the conversation for the national title in football. Think about that. Was that, was that Foley? Yes. It was incredible. Yes. The parties were great. The redhead. <laughs> The redhead. Jared Dudley, yeah, he had some teams now. All right, we're going to continue. Nobody does college hoops better than Randall and them all. We'll come back and discuss next here, Sharp Money. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN. The Sports Betting Network. Okay, Sharp Money presented by DraftKings. So during the break, I'm all Shaw, Dustin Sweetelson, Mike Randall, Randall Rant, FTN. Make sure you check out FTN for all your betting and fantasy needs. They're the best, and Randall's the best as well. So I went to grab a, a cup of water, and when I came back, I thought I was hallucinating. I came into a conversation, and at one point, Randall goes, yeah, I was the captain of the track team at Boston College, Power Five. And then the questioning continued. This is quite a revelation. And then the questioning continued, and he was a sprinter. And he's like third on. Like we okay, we have to we have to slow down. I have to slow down. Randall, you were on the track and field team. Not only that, but you were the captain at Boston College, correct? That's correct. Sophomore through senior year. Yes, sir. And you ran sprints. So tell us what you ran, and tell us where those times still stand at Boston College. When I left, I was fourth in the indoor 400, 48.9. I think it's a little bit further down now. Ran 100, 200 in high school, fun times, but the 400 was the one. You have to embrace the pain, guys, of the 400 in college. Really enjoyed it. Yeah, but you ran the Penn Relays, which is a very famous race, against a known football player that many people will remember from Michigan. Tell us about that. Yeah, my freshman year, we had our 4x200, made the finals of Penn Relays, and we're in the finals, which is fantastic. I'm a freshman with three seniors, and I looked to the left of me, and there's Michigan. And we're walking off our steps here with Tyrone Wheatley. And, you know, you're all pumped up. You're fired up. Your adrenaline gets going. I said, I can take this guy. Look how big he is. We get the baton about the same time. I look up. Mr. Wheatley is gone down the track. And I remember saying, that is an NFL running back, folks. Wait, for kids that don't know, Tyrone Wheatley, one of the great Michigan running backs of all time, and just a physical specimen. Uh, Amal, Dustin, are you not blown out by this revelation? By I, have to be, I have to be honest with you. Randall looks like a tall, bigger guy, so I thought he was going to say shot put, disc, you know, something like that on the track team, captain team. He's got a great personality, so him being captain doesn't surprise me. But when I heard 100-200, I initially was thinking Steve Prefontaine. It was, I was getting chased by all the older kids when I was younger, so you had to get fast. So I got fast and stood away from them. Dustin, you got to give me your take on I, this. I, I, no, I'm blown I, away. I was the one who went, wait, hold on, Mike. You were on the track team? <laughs> I, 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 they're not, I don't mean that in an offensive way. I just, I, I, didn't, ha I didn't have the D1 vibe. Look, it's, it's not just he was like a college athlete. He was a Division I, 
I, I think they were in the Big East at the time. We're talking at that point, the elite of elite Northeast athletes yes. are at, yes. are competing against you. Like, you have to be such an upper echelon, like 1% of well, high school athletes to get there. I, I have a lot of respect for you being the captain and, and being in the Big East. But when you said Penn Relays, I mean, like anybody that knows anything about track, that is an accomplishment to be at the Penn Relays. We had a great relay team. It was fun. The, the fans make it great. And when they, It's always raining, guys, when you have it in April. But when the sun comes out, there's nothing like it. It was incredible. Okay, now, so I have one follow-up. Now that we've realized you're the most interesting man in the world, how did you meet your wife? Uh, sure enough, guys, blind date. And the funny thing was it was a snowstorm, blind date. I went up to meet her. She was My blind. Friends are my friend, exactly. My friends are going out. They're like, oh, we'll call you and say your grandmother's sick or something. You have to come home if it's not going well. We go out to a restaurant. We sit at the bar, and the Duke basketball game is on with J.J. Redick. And she's like, oh, good, the Duke game's on. I mean, I almost dropped to a knee right there and proposed to her. <laughs> I go, excuse me for one second. I went in the bathroom my friends. I said, guys, stop calling. We're good here. And that was it. Now we're married with two kids. Go figure. That's that's incredible. Randall, Rand, the legend continues. We'll play more about Randall's personal life next week here on Sharp Money, but let's jump into the college basketball board. Wow, I, I'm, I'm just kind of floored by all that. Uh, let's go. St. John's, Seton Hall, at Seton Hall tonight. You're going to lay the point and a half with St. John's. Yeah, St. John's is at a different level right now, guys. And look, Seton Hall has been very impressive the last few games, but there's regression coming. They've won four straight games, Seton Hall, but this St. John's team is fantastic, and they're peaking at the right time. You know, Amal, they should have won that game against Creighton. There was a foul on the clear out on the loose ball, and they also got fouled at the end. Now you have an angry St. John's team. They beat Hofstra, Butler, Villanova, Providence, and they should have beat Creighton here, and they played well against Connecticut. I think they match up well. They're great on the offensive boards. Love Seton Hall, but their offense can struggle a little bit. Shaneen Holloway's got it right, but I'm taking the Red Storm minus one and a half here in the proximity battle in the tri-state area. First of all, I like your call in this game. I looked at it, and I looked at the Johnnies as well. I tend not to take teams in road spots. That's why I stayed away from this one. But getting back to your point on the Creighton game, I got to tell you, I don't know of a game this year, Patrick, where a team was more dominant or led more of a basketball game in the second half and ended up losing a game. I still can't figure out how the Johnnies lost that game. Are they legit? Like, oh, yeah. you guys give me an idea, oh, yeah. big picture. They're, they're going to be they're going to be in the tournament. You've got one of the great coaches. Look, if Rick Pitino never leaves Kentucky, the conversation is not about Mike Krzyzewski being the second greatest coach of all time. It's about Rick Pitino being the second greatest coach of all time. Right. Yep. Randall, big picture on St. John's. Oh, I think they're very – I love to see them get in like a five seed and then people will pick them to be upset and all of a sudden don't look now. You'll see them in the Elite Eight looking to make a run. I love what Patino's doing. Patrick, there are very few things in college basketball you can trust. One of them is Rick Patino. Yeah, and I like after the game the other night, he was so bitter. I, I'm sure you guys saw that inter, that post-game presser he did where you can just tell he's building the personality of the team. He's he's one of the all-time greats. Indiana catching 9.5 versus Purdue tonight. Yeah, Indiana's beaten them at home two of the last three years. I love Purdue, but it, Amal said it, going winning on the road is very difficult. Indiana always shoots well at home. I have not been a fan of the Hoosiers, but they're very big. They're one of the biggest teams in college basketball, so they should have the size to limit Zach Eady. They got Xavier Johnson back. They make threes at home. They play well at home. I think it's too many points. I just think Indiana, who almost beat Kansas at home, is going to keep this one close here. Rivalry game, too many points. Mike, this is my top play of the night. I couldn't believe the Hoosiers in an in-state rivalry are going to be catching almost 10 points in this particular matchup, Patrick. I don't get it. You mentioned it. Khalil Ware, the transfer firm from Oregon, he's done a much better job under Mike Woodson. You mentioned getting X back there at the guard position. Johnson's tremendous. He can do a lot of good things for you. Purdue's a very good team, Patrick. Make no mistake about it. But to go win by 10 points at Assembly Hall, I don't care how good you are. It's never an easy task. I thought Mike gave a great example. Kansas was so fortunate to roll out of Assembly Hall with a win in the last minute there. That game could have gone either way. It feels like this one could go either way as well tonight. I don't know if Indiana's going to win, Mike, but I would still look at the money line at plus 380 as well. Great. Well, if Indiana-Purdue doesn't excite you, Randall's got a better one for you. Western Carolina laying a point and a half for Samford. Oh, Patrick, don't you make fun of this game. This is the game of the night, and Amal knows it. You have Western Carolina here, and if you don't know the name, Vontarius Woolbright, get to know it. Patrick, he is their guard. 
their leading scorer, guard, 20.6 points per game, 12.6 rebounds per game. The guy is legit, explosive, three-guard alignment for the Catamounts. You got the Bulldogs with the nation's longest winning streak, Samford, 15 in a row. You got the Catamounts with a nine-game winning streak. It's 6 o'clock on CBS. Get your popcorn ready. I told the kids, get your homework done early. I am on Western Carolina and Woolbright tonight to get it done. I wish I could beam myself to this game. It's the game of the night. Patrick, I'm going to tell you right now, I know you're laughing when Mike mentioned this, but this is a Sanford team that averages almost 92 points a game, third in the nation in three-point shooting at better than 40%. Most guys couldn't hit 40% if there was nobody in the gym guarding them, let alone in a competitive basketball game. On the flip side, you mentioned the Catamounts. This is a very good basketball team. They can shoot the ball as well, not as high scoring offensively, but at home they've done a tremendous job. These, they're 7-0 so far this year. Both these teams are a combined 30-4. and four. Don't knock it. Southern Conference with the game of the night tonight. No, no, no. I'm not knocking it. I was laughing because Randall said race to the game, and I realized <laughs> from what we've learned, if the four of us raced, he'd definitely win the race to the game. That's he'd already, he'd already be at the concession stand by the time we roll in. <laughs> he would win. Are your sons fast? Uh, my son is actually very fast. He's nine years old. And, and the guy, I'm begging him to play basketball. He's not interested. He likes tennis and golf, which he's very good. But I think it's the track gene's got to come because, guys, when I drop him off at school, he beats everybody to the door. So I think it's lurking. I'm waiting for it to come out. All right. You're the best, Randall. FTN Network Chief Content Officer. We encourage you to take a look at FTN. A ton of great metrics there. At Randall Rant on Twitter. Enjoy Western Carolina Sanford, Randall. We appreciate you. Well, bright, Patrick. Get your popcorn ready. I'm ready. I'm it's, Seriously, I just put it in my phone. I'm ready to go. We're good. Uh, there goes Randall, who is... We've talked to fellas about how legendary he is, but that was out of left field. I came back from getting some water, and you guys are breaking down that he was the captain at BC. Like, that's such an accomplishment. You know, anybody that could play Division I athletics is always an accomplishment. To be a captain on a track team at that level for three years, it genuinely <laughs> is an incredible accomplishment. I'm just I would I'm hate to hear Emery Hunt talk about that one. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> I had to. Woo! Woo. <laughs> hey, oh. <laughs> listen, thank you to Randall. When we come back, if you guys haven't heard John McClain talk NFL football, you're in for a treat. He's one of the greats, and he joins us next. Yippee Kaye. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Hello, America. It's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. 
If you don't have Consumer Cellular yet, now is the perfect time to switch and save. For a limited time, new customers can get wireless service for as low as $15 a month for your first year. Yep, the same exact nationwide coverage as the leading carriers for $15 a month for an entire year. What are you waiting for? Call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com and use code RADIO15. See ConsumerCellular.com slash FIRSTYEAR15 for promotional details. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Sharp Money presented by DraftKings, Amal Shaw, Dustin Sweetelson. I'm Patrick Maher. This is VSIN, the sports betting network, and we've got a treat for you. John McClain, one of the best to do it, sportsradio610.com, senior columnist at McClain underscore on underscore NFL. And as we say hi to John, John, for an audience that may not know, can you let them know how many Super Bowls you've covered and how long you worked at the Chronicle? Oh, gosh, guys. Uh, I worked at the Houston Chronicle 47 years. I covered the NFL 45 years. I, re- I retired two years ago from the Chronicle so I could, number one, get my pension Number two, I can do endorsements for my radio station. Newspapers don't allow that. And I'd had to turn down uh, quite a few through the years because I've been doing local radio here since 1976. So right now, I write five columns a week. I do six appearances on the Texans flagship. And one of the things I love doing, I do three Utopia football podcasts, and then I do local TV and Mattress Mac. You know, our foremost better in the U.S., he and I do a video once a week that we put on our social media sites about what's going on in sports. And then I do weekly shows in Nashville, Knoxville, Las Vegas, Houston, Waco, Austin, and San Antonio. Thanks for asking. <laughs> By the way, my columns, my columns that I write on SportsRadio610.com, as Mattress Max says, when he, you buy furniture during the day, you deliver it tonight. It's free, free, free. No paywall. SportsRadio610.com, John McClain. Uh, let me start. Free, You've covered free, a lot free. of special. <laughs> free, free, free. Free 90 free. You've covered a lot of special athletes in your 47-plus years in Houston. Help us understand C.J. Stroud. Um, I've covered Warren Moon when he was a rookie from Canada in 84. And Warren, of course, went on to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. Covered Steve McNair two years when he was a third overall pick in 95. And, uh, and recovered some, covered some veterans. David Carr was first overall pick for the Texans in 02, but he washed out. But Deshaun Watson, when they, when the GM at that time traded up to the 10th spot to get him, we didn't have any idea he was going to be as good as he was so fast. And in 2020, he had a great season. Team was terrible the last time he played worth the darn because of all his off the field issues and the sitting out of season and then the trade. But um, but um, we knew during the season Watson was special, and we knew early in the season Stroud was special. I was asked on my show here today, would I say that Stroud is better than Watson? I said no. Because Watson had a great rookie year until he blew out his knee, and then Watson did it for multiple years. He beat Buffalo in the playoffs there. And uh, so Stroud is, you know, he's just, he, he's hoping to have two more games at least. But if it comes to an end at Baltimore, which of course it should, uh, he will have had a great rookie year that lasted longer than Deshaun Watson. And now he's going to keep getting better to be the best quarterback. Now, if they were to win this game and upset the Ravens, then I think it would automatically catapult him into the best rookie quarterback in franchise history because he would have gone where nobody else has. If the Texans were to upset the Ravens, it would be the first time that Houston's had a team in the AFC championship game since the Love You Blue Oilers after the 1979 season. Wow, impressive run that Stroud has put together. John, for people that may not be from the area, from Conroe down to League City, tell us what the atmosphere has been like and the support for this team. I know the Astros have been great, but it seems like in the press conferences there's a concerted effort from D'Amico, Ryan, C.J. Stroud, and other players. They acknowledge the fan base almost more so than any other team I've ever seen. 
Well, first of all, we were football town forever. And then when the Texans got bad and they brought in Bill O'Brien, even though they won, people didn't like Bill. It wasn't where the fans were celebrating and really buying the team like they are now. And then the Astros with seven consecutive appearances in the American League Championship Series and two World Series wins and, and another two losses, they've taken over the city. But right now, because the Astros haven't done squatting in the offseason, and uh, the Texans, it feels like it's, it's the the worm is turning. It's 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 turning into a football city again. And the reason that D'Amico Ryan's acknowledges the fans when he was here as a player, they got more support than they have this year because people are hard sell. They want to make sure it's you know you can come back to this organization. They're not going to let them down again. They act like they're the lions. Well, the Astro, I mean, the Texans beat Buffalo in the wild card game in January 220. So it's not like they've been starved for years. They just had enough controversy and bad people in the organization where it feels like it's been 30 years. So people embraced D'Amico because they loved him as a player. He was a team leader. The media respects him. Everything coming out of that organization now has been positive, not just because of winning. It started to happen in, during the season when people – Okay, so this is what Nick Casario had in mind when he was total, total, told to totally rebuild the team and when he made trades to get Will Anderson Jr. right after uh, C.J. Stroud, and that's worked out great. And then, of course, Ryan's has been better than we anybody could have imagined in his first year. First-year head coach, first-year quarterback, first-year offensive coordinator and play caller. It's very unusual. Are we nervous about losing Bobby Slowick? You mentioned the first-year play caller, the offensive coordinator. He is interviewing John with other teams. Oh yeah, you've got Tennessee and Washington have reached out, and they have general managers that worked with him for six years in San Francisco, and Seattle's reached out. I think four teams have reached out so far, and here they they knew they were going to lose him once they started winning. But they're hoping that Bobby Slowick will do like Tomiko Ryans, Ben Johnson, Kevin O'Connell, get interviews after their first year as a hot coordinator and say, you know what, I need a second year in that position before I step out into the head coaching world. So we're hoping that Bobby Slowick does that because he saw how well it worked out for Tomiko Ryans. But what they don't want him doing is going into the AFC South and having to go up against him. But they've groomed a guy, Gerard Johnson, former quarterback, who they hired. He's also a first-year quarterback coach, and he's done a great job with Stroud. Case Keenum, their third quarterback, has done a great job working with Stroud, mentoring him. So I'm assuming if they lose Slowick, they'll just elevate Johnson. Like Kyle Shanahan, the 49ers, you better have a bunch of good personnel people and a bunch of good position coaches ready to be elevated because the best organizations get ready. John, when you guys played Baltimore in week one, they gave up five sacks. This is a completely different offensive line than what we saw earlier in the year because of injuries and other things. Tell people where they're at at this point from an offensive standpoint, not just Stroud, but the emergence of Nico Collins. Schultz has had a good year minus the drop last weekend. Uh, Singletary's come on and really done a great job as well. Uh, they started 0-2, and, and then they went 11-5. And, and in that first game against Baltimore, there's going to be six different starters. The Texans' offensive line was still in very good, although it coming off its best game by far. Dominated Cleveland. Laramie Tunsil had a great game. Totally dominated Miles Garrett. Garrett, it's like he didn't even show up. And um, they've used four left tackles, four left guards, five centers, one right guard, and four right tackles going back to training camp from the starters. And so they finally seem to have adjusted to the backup guys who've been forced to play at center, left guard, and right tackle. And uh, so they, they've been better. Not really good at run blocking. They're 6-1 and one when the team rushes for 100 yards. 3-0 and oh when Devin Singletary rushes for 100 yards. But they struggle to rush for 100 yards because they're just not a good run blocking team because they've struggled to adapt to Bobby Slowick's zone running scheme, which was the exact opposite of what they did. They're on their fifth line coach in five years. And Chris Strasser, and you guys know that kind of instability up front 
can't do anything but have a negative effect on the offense. John, we just have about a minute left. So Baltimore is going to be a nine, nine and a half point favorite. Let me ask you this way. Can the Houston Texans win straight up in Baltimore? Well, I'm sure they could win. C.J. Stroud's capable of doing anything. I thought they'd get beat by Cleveland. They got their brains beat in by Cleveland three weeks ago on Christmas Eve. Then they came out and did the same to the Browns. They're a different team than the first game, but so were the Browns. That was Todd Monken's first game as offensive coordinator. Everybody asked me who I'm picking here. I say Ravens 27-20, to 20, and they said, well, good. You picked the Browns to win, too. That means the Texans are going to win. <laughs> Hey, you can read John McLean at sportsradio610.com. How much does it cost, John? Doesn't cost a thing. It's free, free, free. Free, free, free. And follow John on Twitter, at McLean underscore on underscore NFL. John, you're the best. Thank you very much. Guys, it's my pleasure. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you. Thank you. That is uh, – that's an institution. Well, I, Dustin, you know that. Amal, you know that from it, being around the sport long enough. He co- he covered sports for the Houston Chronicle for 47 years. Uh, and I think, I don't know if he ever missed a Super Bowl. I, I Like, if you polled, from my perspective, sports radio producers from around the country, and you said who is the most professional, who is the best on air, and who is just, like, the easiest to deal with, but all-encompassing, great overall radio guest, I'm willing to bet if you polled a 1,000 radio producers, John McClain would be in the top two. Everyone books him. He's great and professional to all of them, and he always gives you something great on the air. That's, well, that is if you shared your num- the number with other producers, because sometimes you like to keep them to yourself, correct? Well, I don't want other I'm, people to have John on. I'm just playing. Dustin is very benevolent with his Rolodex, and he's benevolent with the sound. When we come back, wait till you hear what Lane Johnson had to say about Nick Sirianni and big head coaching news. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste, the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. 